Mr. Craig Jensen, ladies and gentlemen. His favorite team is Liverpool, and you can see they're doing well. So lots of prayer and fasting goes into that team. So Craig is going to share God's word, and we pray this morning. Let's just pray for him. Lord, as we lift up Craig, we thank you for the word that you've placed in his heart. And we pray for this seed that he's sowing to fall on good ground, to produce fruit in our lives, to teach us through your Holy Spirit, and to bring life and healing and change into our lives. So bless him, Father, with what you've placed in his heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Craig. Amen. Thanks, Selwyn. So I thought I might have to start with a, a joke today as per tradition. That, uh, But I can just thank Selwyn for, for uh, the joke already. I'm not sure about the, uh, the joke at my expense there, Selwyn. But, uh, but it's great to be here. It's great to be able to share God's word, uh, to step or to press into God's word together this morning. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your presence here this morning. Lord, thank you that you are infinite. And as we, as we, as we come, as we learn about you, Lord Jesus, thank you that there is so much more to you, so much more goodness, so much more power, so much more that just we can just press in and enjoy, your, uh, enjoy you, enjoy your presence. And, and we do ask this morning that through the Holy Spirit, you would just come and deposit into our hearts that which you're wanting to say to each of us this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen. So I enjoyed uh, last week, old Richard and, and uh, what was Zelda? Zelda. 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 Uh, and what they had to share, and Richard, uh, Richard, I didn't. Uh, he was a, 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 a sort of a power package there. Um, so you can't judge a book by its cover. But uh, how he said, "Well, I'll treat me as a uh, until the prophet comes, I will prophesy." And I just enjoyed just the simple, the simple things that the seeds that he deposited and said, "There's a door before you. Walk through." that door and that but it'll take boldness to to walk through that door and I, I just pray this morning that as i share that that it's not a new message but it'll it'll but boldness would be stirred in our hearts to step into the things that god's already got prepared for each one of us so and, and he spoke about peter and john and and i wanted to just kick off there he said acts started with courage and finished with courage. And we know Peter and John uh, went to the temple and they saw the beggar outside and they spoke to him, silver and gold have we none, but we'll give you that which we have in the name of Jesus. Stand up and walk. And the guy started walking. And I don't know who was more surprised, but, but, but the Pharisees saw this. And in Acts 4.13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. It's amazing, even the enemies of the church, even the enemies of the new believers were astonished and they were amazed. They had to stand up and take note. And it's interesting in Acts 4 verse 18 what their instruction was to them, to Peter and John. So they called them in again and commanded them 
not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to listen to him, to God? You will, you be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking that which we have seen and heard. It's interesting how the Pharisees' main desire was to stop them speaking. As we walk through this door of opportunity, we're going to need to speak certain things. Moses was called back to Egypt to, to set God's people free and, 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 and God appeared to him in the wilderness with the burning bush. And in Exodus 4.10, um, Moses says to the Lord, pardon me, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses was basically saying, well, you've got this call for me to do, but I've got no idea what I'm going to speak, how, what I'm going to say in the situation. But actually, Moses was a, a power speaker. Uh, it says Moses was in Acts. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. But Moses felt he had nothing to say in that situation God was gracious to Moses, and we know that Moses did go back to Egypt, and he did stand up to Pharaoh and, and say to Pharaoh, God says, let my people go, and we know what happened after that. So it takes courage to speak out, um, but speaking out in faith is the way we walk through the door into the inheritance that God has for us. We see the disciples with Jesus also with regards to speaking. They were trying to cast out this demon and the demon wasn't listening to them. And so they came to Jesus and said, help, what did we do wrong? Why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus replied in Matthew 17, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Interesting how we spoke about God moving mountains this morning. Yes, God does the moving of the mountains, but sometimes we need to speak to the mountains so that God can move the mountain. Jesus challenged the disciples to speak out with faith. Even if that faith is as small as the mustard seed, he encouraged them and challenged them to speak. We know in James talks about Elijah praying earnestly that it didn't rain and it didn't rain and then he prayed seven years later that the rain would come and the rain came jesus spoke to the storms jesus spoke to the fig trees jesus i believe this morning is just wanting to open our eyes to see a little bit more of the authority that we have not in ourselves but the authority that we have in him and as we start to understand that that we will start to use it so i'm calling my message this morning finding your voice. Each one of us, God's placed a voice in each one of us. It's, it's, it's a voice that, it's his words, but it's our voice that needs to speak his, his words. So if we can turn to Luke chapter 1, and don't worry, we've done the hard work for you. Arnold will put Luke chapter 1 up on the screen. Hopefully, Arnold, are you there? Okay, okay Luke chapter 1, verse 5, someone, okay. 
and we're going to spend a little bit of time just just looking at at this uh, this chapter. It's quite a bit of reading to do here, so get me, get me ready. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled. And was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It's interesting here. We see John was filled with the Holy Spirit even while he was in his mother's womb. His purpose was to make ready, was to prepare Israel for the coming of Jesus. And he was given the power of Elijah to do this. The message that he had was a bold message. And it was for people to repent and turn their hearts away from their sin, to turn towards God that they could receive Jesus. So the the whole goal of John was to prepare the way for Jesus. We have spoken in the season about God's plan and God's plan for our lives. And I think this is a perfect example of we can see God's plan. God's plan was for Jesus to come and John fitted into that plan and he was the one who went ahead and he prepared the way. But the two plans were right there together, overlapping. God's plan for salvation and God's plan for John. John famously stated when asked about about following him or following Jesus, he says, there's no question here, I must decrease while he must increase. So for John, it wasn't about his ministry. It was about preparing the way for Jesus. But while John perhaps wasn't so concerned about himself, it's interesting to see what Jesus had to say about John. In Luke chapter 7, verse 28, Jesus says, I tell you, among those born of women, There is no one greater than John. It's amazing an elevation of that simple ministry that John had, that Jesus says, this is the ultimate. This is, there is no one greater than this man. I think this is a great calibration as we think of God's plan for our lives. The very, very very best thing we can do 
is to wholeheartedly press in to the plan that God has. The plan that God has to make Jesus known to all mankind, to, to all of creation. Now the name John, I uh, didn't know this until yesterday, but maybe I should have known it, means gift of God. And it's, a gift is not something that we expect or deserve, but it is just something that God gave. And obviously, John was a gift to Zechariah and Elizabeth, but, but more than that, God, John was a gift to Israel at that time that he would, he would prepare the way. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, also talking, prophesying about John, says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Think about this. John is a gift from God. He is a voice of someone calling. Prepare for God. And where's the calling happens? It's not happening in the temple. It's not happening in the city. It's not happening in the suburbs. But it, the calling happens in the wilderness. Are there people in wilderness places around? We might feel we're in, we're in a wilderness place sometimes, but there are people in terrible wilderness places, dry, lo lonely, hard places around us where what they need is a gift from God. What they need is a voice to tell them God cares. What they need is someone who will help prepare them to meet Jesus. You know, it's, it's, we can, I mean, when I think about that, I say, absolutely. We don't need to go far. We don't need to look far. Almost pretty much every single day, we will, we will encounter people in such places where there's an opportunity to show God's love, his generosity, his kindness, just to represent him and, and, and to speak life into those lives. There's a purpose for our lives right there in our, in our face. And, it's, and as Jesus says about John, there's nothing higher, there's nothing greater. He was the, he was the greatest born to woman. So that's about, a, how about that as a good goal? But I, I didn't really want to focus on John this morning. I wanted to look at, go back and look at his dad, look at Zechariah. If we look back at Zechariah, we see this man was a priest. He was, he was faithful. He was righteous. He, he served in the temple his whole life. He was a man of prayer. And then when the angel came and answered his prayer, the, his door of opportunity opened before him. He doubted. It's like, oh, shame, you missed it. But, but uh, we all do that. Moses did that. What's so great is that even when we miss it, God's promise still comes to pass. So let's see, verse 18, well, let's read. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in yours. As he blames, well, he did blame himself too. The, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now if you will be silent, and now you will be silent and not able to speak, until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. 
So because Zechariah doubted, he lost his voice. God in his mercy still made a way and they still um, had a child and the promise was fulfilled. So let's fast forward like nine months or so and, and read in verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard what the, that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one amongst your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to the father to find out what would he like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was set free and he began to speak praising God and all the neighbors were filled with awe and throughout the hill country of the Judea people, people were talking about this, about these things. Sorry, I got excited there and I ran ahead of myself. Everyone, everyone who heard this wondered about it saying, what, is the, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was on him and, and Zechariah carried on going and he burst into song and he started prophesying and you can read that at home. And I'm not going to burst into song. And um, uh, 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 no, uh, <laughs> come on now, come on now, <laughs> sing it, man. So, so Zachariah found his voice eventually. He was he was initially lacked faith, but then he was obedient, and and he wrote his voice on this tablet saying his name will be John. And then suddenly God restored him and his actual voice came back. And yeah, thereafter, there was no stopping the man. Um, you know, there are things that we can take for granted. I mean, we can take for granted that we can speak all the time. And then we, when we can't do it, or we can't do something, or we, don't, we lose the use of our wrist, or we, um, we're sick, or we suddenly start to appreciate those things that we had. So you can imagine, imagine Zachariah, silent for like a whole year, not able to speak. You can imagine like all the things that he really wanted to say. He was like, oh, I just can't say it. I mean, he eventually he had to write. I mean, how much can you write on tablets? I mean, nowadays we've got WhatsApp. We can like really WhatsApp and emojis, but, but poor old Zachariah's tablets didn't have Android functionality. Um, hey, Mark, it's a good joke. Hey? I made it up now on the spot. Hey. <laughs> so am I. Hey? I'm not. Come on now. So the words were multiplying inside Zechariah when he couldn't speak them, and then when finally he could speak again, he found his voice, and his voice was full of faith, and his voice prophesied. Imagine if we lost our voice. What would, our, what would happen? I mean, all the, I mean, we talk all the time. I mean, I just wake up in the morning, and my wife's talking to me already. But uh, <laughs> she never stops. But uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm in trouble now. I'm in trouble now. No, but <laughs> moving on quickly. 
But if we couldn't talk, or if we weren't so busy talking, we would have time to think about if we were to say something, what would be the most important things to say? And I think this was kind of, Zechariah learned his lesson and, 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 and through, this, through this time of not having a voice, when he eventually came out the other side, suddenly he had found his voice. So I'd like to just challenge us this morning to say, well, what are we saying? How are we speaking? How can we, have we found our voice? And what are some of the, the key pointers um, that practically, we, I mean, we talk all the time, um, but, but what are we saying? Uh, do our, can our words move the mountains? So the first point is don't have too much to say. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Jesus was actually talking about how to pray, but he said, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. The Pharisees in those days liked to speak to impress. They used long and many words. They spoke a lot. But this is not how we find our voice. Rather, as Jesus says, a simple prayer spoken from the heart. That's the one that God hears. That's the one that God responds to. So when we find our voice, don't think it has to be long and eloquent. I was at a conference, a work conference a few weeks ago, and um, we were put into small groups, virtual small groups. It was a global conference, so we were like together, and we had to answer some questions and gather some thoughts, and then we all had to come back together, and someone was appointed a spokesman, and that spokesman had to present what the group's findings were, and then there was a panel that would sort of judge how good that was and I was appointed spokesman and so I went laying and it was about how to make the workplace a safer place and it's like management we're going to show up we're going to hold people accountable we're going to walk the talk and talk the walk or whatever and and we're going to we're going to do spot checks on people and it was all this good jargon that I laid out and I felt like a real idiot at the end of it because it was all mixed up jargon from what everyone had said to me that was a good thing to do. And these were head office people. They had no idea what it was like to be actually in a manufacturing environment. And then I had to get the feedback from the panel of experts. And I'd, it was okay, but I felt that wasn't so good. I'm never going to do that again. The next day, there was another thing. Oh, no, here we go. I can see I'm going to be the spokesman again. And this time, I said, okay. I'm just going to say what I feel about this topic and I'll sort of include what other people had had to say. And and it went it was so different. And actually you felt like you were communicating with people and the panel of experts were happy at the end. But I realized, and I just felt God say to me, you found your voice. And that's what I just believe the message for this morning is, is God wants each one of us to find our voice. It's not saying what Donnie says or what Selwyn says or what we've, what we've heard someone else saying, but what is the word that God's putting in our heart? What will overflow? What, can he, what is he wanting us to speak out? We need to reach the point that we are, when we speak, we're speaking with conviction. 
we're not saying just the right things that, oh, this is what I should say in this situation, but we're saying the things that we know are true and the things that our lives are aligned to. So don't say too much, but just say, we need to say what God has placed on our heart. The second thing we can do is we need to speak that which benefits others. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. Have you ever asked the question, what's the benefit of my speaking? Is it so that I'm heard, so the people know what I need? Uh, I need this, or I want to just offload. Uh, you know, you've been had coffees with people, and you think, well, they spoke, and I didn't really speak. I just listened. They just carried on. Th- that's not the point of my speaking. It's not that I'm heard, but the the point of my speaking should be that the listener benefits. It's not me getting things off my chest. I mean, that's helpful at time to times. But, but James says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Further on, James talks about the power of the tongue, that it is, uh, it's both for good and for evil and talks about uh, James chapter 3 verse, uh, verse 4 says, Take ships, for an example, although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is such a small part of our body, but it makes great boasts. Consider that a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. I think it's just a real helpful thing to say, use our words wisely. Let's not be careless with our words. Let's not just offload, but, but, but to listen and to say, can my words benefit this individual? The third thing is let's speak from the heart. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's actually quite sobering. We don't, we can say, oh, we'll just be careful with our words and all of that. But if I'm angry and I say to you, I am not angry, um, what do you hear? You hear the reality of what's happening in my heart and not necessarily what I'd like you to hear about what, what, I'd like to portray. So we can make all these good decisions about how we're going to speak and we're going to speak what benefits others. But if the issues in our heart haven't been sorted, then we will overflow that which is going on in our, in our hearts. We can pretend for a while, but ultimately it'll come out. And that's why the Holy Spirit, uh, well, the Bible teaches that we need to take hold of the fruit of the Spirit and to fill ourselves with those things, Philippians, think about, rejoice, think about those things that are good and helpful and, and to turn our back on the acts of the flesh and, and, and really focus our minds so and our hearts so that when we speak, we speak from the heart, but we're overflowing the, the, what God has placed there. The, f- <coughs> the fourth thing is, let's speak the, the word of God. 
Our ultimate goal is to try and speak God word, God's word into situations. And sometimes uh, we, can, we, we, can, we, can be, we can be faced with a situation where we think, well, I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't know what to say into the situation. I don't have, uh, I, I, I might struggle in the situation, but then we can turn to the word of God and we can speak the word of God into that situation. Say, God forgives you. I'm, I'm struggling to forgive you, but we don't have to say, I'm struggling to forgive you. We can, we can talk about, no, God forgives you. You know what I'm saying? Or God loves you. I can't love you. But, but, but that's not being false, but it's bringing the word of God into the situation. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11 says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as the one who speaks the very words of God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music um, from your heart to the Lord. Uh, I often read this um, scripture and I just uh, picture these musicals where uh, they sort of, you, I won't say more than that, but but, but it's like, say it, guys, don't sing it. It's like, just get on with it, get on with it. And, but, but I think there's a reality. And just coming and, and, and spending time in worship this morning, it just, singing to God, praising Him, does just release His words in our spirit. And it just makes it all that more easier it, to be able to, to overflow His goodness in our conversations with others. So I just encourage you in terms of when you spend time with God, make sure you're spending time worshiping Him before you face those difficult conversations in the day because when you face those conversations, you can overflow what God's already placed in your heart. Let's sing about the victories. It's easier. It's, it's amazing. The things that we, we sing on a Sunday morning, how much do we actually speak those things? We sing about how victorious we are, how God's defeated us, how God set us free. We're singing those things. Let's also say those things and not just leave them as things we, we sing because it's a song, but it's the truth of God's word to us. Something else is point five is let's look for opportunities to speak the truth in love. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, Paul writes, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may, may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity let your conversation be f always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Paul's amazing here. So he's in chains and prison, and, and he's saying, pray for me that I may continue to just declare this message with boldness. He's, 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 he's spurring himself on, training himself that he might be more and more equipped to be able to say the right thing to the right person in the right situation. He says, and as for you too, this is what you should be doing too. Learn how to say the right thing in the right way. Season with salt so that 
It's just, it just is something which is helpful and benefits the others. Richard, uh, last week at the leader session, said, if you want to stay sharp, he said a few things, but he said, if you want to stay sharp, be thinking about how you can keep encouraging other people. If we're wanting to stay on the cutting edge in, in God, are we thinking about how can we encourage other people? This is what Paul's attitude is, is how can I say things which are helpful to others? Look for those opportunities. And then lastly, we need to speak with faith. We need to speak with faith. If we want the mountains to move when we speak, we need to have that faith. As we speak out, yes, God can move the mountains. God can set the people free. God can change lives. God can bring healing. God can change circumstances. God can come in His glory as we speak the words, but it's through faith and His power moving. So as we go back, there's this door open, this door of opportunity. There's the, the, the inheritance that we are walking into, that we're hearing hearing so many so many people saying this but challenge to you this morning is let's let our voices start to speak the reality of what God is doing so that we might benefit others we might see his kingdom come and we might be people like John who lay the highway for for God to come in his glory amen so I close Selwyn <laughs> Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, there's the power of life and death in the tongue. And that's what we've been encouraged is to speak life, the word of God, into our situations, our circumstances. And I want you, as a child of God, to take that first step of boldness and speak into your, whatever your situation is, whatever you're going through. God is able to deliver and be positive and trust and have faith that God will be able to do this and he is able so let's pray together this morning father we thank you Jesus that you are a God who is mighty and your name is above every other name and we know that to you Lord one day every knee will bow every tongue will confess that you are God. And Lord, whatever circumstances we're going through, whatever trials, whatever difficulties, we pray for your peace in that situation, Lord. I pray for each and every person here this morning bowed in your presence, for the people online watching and praying. You are a God who is able to deliver 
And Lord, help us not to be negative in this situation. Help us to be positive, feasting on your word and the life that comes from there through your spirit, Lord, that you touch every person bowed here this morning and online. And you will turn that situation into a situation of victory, a situation of peace, a situation of joy, where there's needs to be met, you will provide. Father, where there's bodies to be healed, you will heal. Father, where there is a need of something, you will provide in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this awesome time and this awesome word that you've given and that we can be part of this and part of your family and part of the life that you've given, Jesus. Amen. So guys, if you need any prayer this morning, for those of you that need prayer, you can come forward and we'll pray for you. But the guys have coffee prepared at the back and hot chocolate, so to our visitors, don't leave. We'd like to connect with you. So please stay, have some coffee. And my wife is doing some funny signs there, which means there's some samosas at the back for sale. So you can have some. So just enjoy some fellowship together and, and some connect time. Amen. Bless you guys.